0: Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm from sunny California, living in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Bebe.
1: Hi. Hi, Jason. How are you? This is from sunny Beijing, too. It's so sunny and looks like it's warm outside. I almost feel like it's spring
0: um so China is back after a few weeks of hibernation have washed over China with New Year's Eve seeing a return to the bustling China we all know and love. We are joined today by Jerry of Jerry's Take on China. You can find him on YouTube. He is also a member of the Twitterati and he has I don't know 80,000 90,000 fans on uh, between his two channels. Welcome to the show Jerry.
2: Thank you very much. Nice to see you again, Jason and Bebe. Nice to be here from sunny Jongsan.
1: Hi. Where
2: where the weather is a little warmer than you. You sound
1: so calm.
2: (laughs) Compared to you.
1: It's freezing cold late at night. Uh, now it looks warm. What, what's the temperature in Zhongshan?
2: About 10. Short
1: sleeve? Long sleeve?
2: No, it's still long 10? sleeve. Oh, okay. I'm, not I'm too bad. I'm wearing two layers, but uh, we do need a jacket to go out, but it's uh, it's certainly not likely to snow here. It's 10 degrees. Wow. And uh, tomorrow's forecast is for, I think, 18. Wow. Nice. And then going back after the weekend. We had 28 the other day. Mm. 20. What province yes, are you in? It's Guangdong. Guangdong. Well, I'm about 60 kilometers from Macau.
0: It's
1: definitely in the south.
0: Oh, okay, so has changed on December. December 7th, according to Xinhua News, uh-huh. and they have adjusted the COVID policy. I think it's called the optimization of COVID-19 policy. Uh-huh. So after that, we saw a lot of people go into hibernation. I think, baby, hibernation? are you still in
1: hibernation? <laughs> are you in
0: hibernation? Are you hiding in your cave in the ground?
1: I'm not hiding. I'm, I'm just living. <laughs> I've been living like this oh. pretty much for five, four or five years because I'm just I'm a hermit. Oh, okay. I, li- <laughs> I don't like to go outside and have a lot of things to do uh in Mm. in 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 the house but yeah so it hasn't been too different for me but i know like since we last talked the three of us things have changed dramatically and you guys probably have experienced more um i know that jason you were you were sick for like a week
0: i was really sick for a few days but i was probably lingering with symptoms for two or three weeks just to like tiredness and stuff Mm. but
1: and then you were back in the hutongs (laughs)
0: And it wasn't even that. One week after I got sick, I was back in the Hutongs. I went out to see because everyone was saying, oh, there's no China. It doesn't exist anymore. What do you mean? So I went out to see people in the West are like, oh, no, there's no China. There's like one person left sitting by a lake. There's a famous (laughs) there's a famous meme going around of a woman sitting by a lake. And it says last Chinese person survived. That's me. (laughs) It's true. From probably, you know, December 8th to about Christmas or so, mm. there was in Beijing, everyone was at home. Very few people were out. You could even get deliveries for two or three days. Mm. But between Christmas and New Year's Eve, International New, Year, New Year's Eve, everything picked up to normality. Mm. That was the experience that I, I saw in this city. Jerry, where you were, what kind of things did you notice during this period?
2: Like yourself, I, I caught COVID. Um, I'm like, baby, I'm a little bit of, or oh, sometimes a little bit of a hermit when I'm home I don't go out very much uh, but I do we do tend to travel (laughs) Mm -hmm. a lot uh, but when I'm home I don't go out very much at all my wife went to a family function uh, I think probably three or four days after the official uh, dropping of COVID zero or the COVID changes Uh, sometime around the 10th or 11th Mm. of December my wife went to a family function stayed a couple of days at home And then came back and she got a phone call on a Monday to say that uh, cousin was confirmed with COVID. By Wednesday, both my wife and I had sore throats. We went down to the mm, pharmacy, mm. got some medicine. Thursday, we went for mm. a test, and the test line was the longest I have ever seen it. I'm I'm not oh. kidding you; it was more than a kilometer long. <gasps> um, we got oh to the God. end of the line, and we queued up. Uh, we queued up with a lot of people who were coughing and spluttering, and we're mm. thinking, "Well, you know, if we if we haven't got it, we're going to get it." <laughs> um, we we both. Got, It only took about 45 minutes, but we got to the end of the line, got tested. uh, And a few hours later, my wife was confirmed with COVID. I wasn't. Um, so we we both kind of isolated at home. So she was a confirmed statistic, and I never was mm-hmm. at that stage. Uh, we mm-hmm. got a few uh, rat R A T S delivered to the to home, and I tested positive. I actually tested positive on live uh, stream with Alex in I Chin. Oh. Um, oh. I tested myself on on live on live YouTube, and um, yeah, that was that was me confirmed. I had uh, one bad day, and it was actually Christmas Day. I was, Hmm. I got up in the morning really feeling bad. Mm. Uh, the, uh my wife had one very bad day about 36 hours in fact where she just couldn't stop vomiting oh, and dear. for the for the 10 days or so neither of us went out of the house so i have mm. no idea what Jongsan looked like but <laughs> reports i get from friends say you wouldn't see cars there was no buses no taxis nobody was around mm. and we had one incident where um, we ordered some food and about 3 hours later it didn't it hadn't arrived um, <laughs> And uh, it was quite a strange story. This mm-hmm. one, we we ordered uh, two. This is a special soup which comes in a clay pot. It's delicious and very mm. nourishing. Very good if you're not feeling well. So we ordered two of mm-hmm. these. And then my wife got a phone call from this store and the guy said, look, have you got your soups yet? Mm. And she said, no, we haven't. But you know, we're patiently waiting and there's no point in chasing because there was a lot of people off sick, right. mm-hmm. including the delivery drivers. Yeah, And he said, but a delivery driver picked it up an hour ago mm. and it turns out that the delivery driver had stolen it. <laughs> so we, no way! Yeah, he had he had oh, two more delivered to us. So this is a great story, and and oh, we actually okay. tried to pay twice because. The way I view this is if that delivery driver stole food from us, mm. it's because they must have needed it much more than we needed Aww. it. I mean, we we were hungry because we were having a late lunch. Mm. This guy has probably been off sick for a few days. He hasn't been paid for a while. He's got family at home. And we just thought, well, this is the way it's going to be for a while. But that's mm. the only instant I've mm. heard of anything like that happening. We tried to pay for it to this store and the store dri- the store owner said, no, mm. don't worry about it. We've had this happen a couple of times. We know that these guys uh, uh, are helping their families, and um, mm. the, it turns out that the stores, some of the stores, are actually helping the drivers as well. So instead it's of just time. picking up mm. food, they were picking up food for themselves as well as the the delivery in some cases. Yeah. It's kind of a touching story. Yeah. The exactly. community helping each
1: Have other. Have you guys out. heard of the term? <inaudible> well, it's in Chinese, it means witnessing history. Mm, okay. And like for the past three years, uh, we feel like all we have done is witnessing history you know like things all kinds of things that we never thought of would happen like the pandemic and also uh all kinds of um controls that came after it right to control the pandemic and the things people do flooding hospitals and then empty streets and now you know all of a sudden the restrictions were lifted and people thought that streets were going to be flooded right away But (laughs) what happened was for weeks, it was, they were empty. Uh, Also, one of the things we've never seen Mm. is basically like 80% of the country nursing their fevers at home or in hospitals, like at the same time. Who Mm. would have Mm -hmm. ever imagined things like that?
2: It's been an incredible time in that respect. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers, the official numbers for the United States are, but I think about 200 million people in the United States have caught COVID. Now, some of that will be not 200 million people, but 150 million people, but 50 million of them Mm -hmm. have caught (laughs) COVID two, maybe three times. So that makes up your 200 million. Mm. Given the The numbers, and given the fact that many of us, like myself, were never registered, the the number in China in that two-week period from Mm -hmm. early December to just before our Christmas, Mm. uh, probably 300 million, 400 million, Mm -hmm. perhaps, maybe even more, I don't know. It's impossible to say, but at least 200 million people caught COVID in in the space of 10 days. Mm. Yeah. And in the United States, it was that number in three years. So witnessing history is, is a very, very good way to describe it. We, that's what we did. We witnessed history.
0: You're listening to The Bridge. I am in a um, a green card group online. There's uh, about 600 of us in the group, and it's connected through a couple of different WeChat accounts. There's a gentleman who runs it. I don't remember his name, but he's very good at statistics. Mm. And he sent out a uh, a form for everyone to fill out a digital mm-hmm. form about when they got COVID, when they were vaccinated. And there was a ton of data that came out of that because he provided it to everyone and said we could share it. And about 80% of everyone in this green card holding group Uh. in in China got COVID almost within the same week, week and a half. So there was a bell curve that's really peaked Uh. right in the middle Uh. towards, you know, towards just towards the back end of December, where 80% of all of these people across cities all over China all got infected with COVID at the same time. If we just take that as... As a sample and extrapolate to that, to all of China, We're looking at, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of people who all got COVID basically at the same time. So it looks like Uh. if everyone's all got it at the same time, we're past the worst of it. And we probably attain some degree of herd immunity on top of the fact that what is it's like 93 percent of all people have received at least one vaccine in China. It's
2: 93 percent have received two Uh. vaccines. And uh, I think it's it's over 90 percent have received three. It's very, very high, Mm. very Mm. high.
0: You're listening to The Bridge
2: But when you talk about being over it uh, There is one other the, the, The peak of people who caught COVID We are through and beyond that for sure uh, and and I don't mm-hmm. think that will ever happen again in history, uh, 300, 400, 500 million people all getting sick in the same week or 10 days. That's probably <sighs> unique in history. But the second mm-hmm. aspect is that there's a lag for that for the number of people who enter critical care. And we mm-hmm. have, according to the statistics mm-hmm. that I've seen, passed that as well. Now, what that also means is that the next thing is the peak of the number of people who are going to die who are in that critical care, and we have not yet passed that. So this is, this is the way things go. You get the peak of infections. Mm. A week later, you get the peak of people who are uh, uh, not cured, but through and, uh, and now uh, immune to that particular infection. But don't forget, there are more than, there's more than one uh, variant in China right now. There's at least two and probably right. more. Uh, but there's at least Mm -hmm. two variants in China. So we can still get COVID again, but it's a different form. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The people who then enter critical care are now past the peak of numbers. So some of those will get better and some of those will not. Mm. And this is the problem. When you go into critical care, if you don't get better, then it's not a very good uh, conclusion, obviously. And that peak has yet to be hit. So, there's something that we need to be considerate of. There's a lot of people who are still waiting for grandma, granddad, mm. or, or whatever mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. either come mm-hmm. out of critical care or to pass away. And that's something we need to be uh, considerate of. Right.
1: I think the official mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. we have now is mm-hmm. that uh, uh, about 60,000 people have died with uh that's from mm-hmm. a few days yeah. ago
2: yeah it, and it's probably increased from then um but wh- whether that I'm not sure when that will mm. peak the the number of people in critical care who came from the number of people who caught covid in that wave that massive wave in mid december that has peaked. The critical care numbers have peaked, and some of them will come out. Mm. But of course, you know it could be a hundred thousand before we finished.
0: I have an article here. It is from CGTN, and it's called "China's COVID Policy Shift: Is It Under Pressure?" And this was published December twenty fourth. So right in the time when people were rushing into fever clinics, mm. and the one quote I have from here is: "Owing to the removal of mass COVID testing sites, it's difficult to confirm how many positive cases are among the entire population in weeks." But it also goes on to talk about the vaccination of elderly people took precedence. And as of November 28th, yeah, it basically says the same statistics as we were just saying. And also another quote, as of December 14th, more than 14,000 fever clinics in hospitals and over 33,000 fever clinics and medical and health institutions were in operation in the country. So uh, there seemed to be enough facilities for helping people. So, you know, what I, f- I find is really interesting is that after it seemed to end, like, you know, in terms of people being hibernating, that's the term I'm going to continue to use, hibernating in their homes, whether they have it, they don't have it, they're getting over it or whatever towards the end of December. But in Western Mm. media, media kept coming out that my mother was telling me about and that I was checking here and there. That's just continued to perpetuate the notion that society had not come back alive. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of people that I know, including myself, who were going out publicly all the time, filming large crowds of people on Friday nights and at other times, of the day grocery stores full of people Uh to demonstrate try to demonstrate to the international public that China was back to normal and it was a little bit frustrating that some of the reporters from some of the large media organizations in in other countries were misrepresenting how things were going in China Jerry you got to travel around a little bit not just home where where did you go and what kind of experiences did you have during that time
2: I was in Shanghai on Wednesday Thursday Friday last week Uh, And uh, I actually went to Shanghai Wildlife Park. Mm. Uh, It's not quite a zoo. It's a wildlife park. It's Mm -hmm. more interesting, I think. I spent an evening on the Bund, had dinner in a hotel there with some friends, and um, the bund was packed, not not as packed as it would be on a <laughs> on a, a New Year's Eve or a fireworks night or something like that. But it was it was pretty busy. Several mm. thousand people around mm-hmm. me. Um, I travelled by high speed train both directions. On the way home, I couldn't mm. get a, a consistent seat. Uh, really? But, well, basically, I travel first class for one reason and one reason only: it's because I can plug in and use Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second class, you mm. can't. There's a very limited number of plugs for plugging mm-hmm. in, and they're always occupied mm-hmm. because it's packed. Uh, but first class, it gives you access mm-hmm. to uh, to one um, electricity power. And uh, I was I booked and
1: it's nice. It's, <laughs> it's, nice it's a little more comfortable,
2: yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I, I was on first class mm-hmm. for an hour and fifteen minutes, and then had to change from carriage two to carriage five and join the rest of the world. I mean, every single square inch of second class was occupied by something <gasps> or someone. Uh, you know, people had. This bags that were too mm, big to mm, put on mm. the overheads and mm. uh, the, the 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 baggage space is quite limited And it is basically, as my wife said to me when I came home and complained about it, as you would, uh, she said, well, you know, this is your first experience (laughs) of uh, Mm -hmm. public transport at Chinese New Year. And and I thought about that. Actually, it probably is. I've traveled quite a lot on, Mm. Mm. uh, I've flown, I've caught the green trains, the the high-speed trains, the slow slow speed and high speed. Mm. I've done sleepers, soft sleepers, hard sleepers. I've done all of the different traveling, Mm. but I can't remember ever having to go anywhere at Chinese New Year, and it was absolutely packed, packed both directions too. Uh, you know, we got, I, mm. I got tickets on both journeys, but the, the journey home was uh, kind of a, a broken journey, but it was okay. I
1: remember when I was, I think when I was nine year old, nine years old, I went back to uh, my my parents' hometown, and that was one of those slower trains. I mean, that was like over thirty years ago. And I remember that trip because I slept under the seat. Now, it was so packed <laughs> and I was so sleepy and I wanted a my dad wanted a place where I could stretch out. So I remember sleeping under the seat, like under the bench. But that was, you know, a very special time. I don't think anything like that will happen uh, nowadays. Um, but, you know, for a little kid like me, then it was kind of fun instead. Um, but it, it gets crowded like that. Uh, Mm. Of course, now there are so many more trains and different options. If you go by plane, it'll be a little better. You won't be standing at least. I don't know when I've traveled
0: in the past by plane from Beijing to Yantai. The plane has been packed Mm. both ways, so that might. But you, you know, you mentioned sleeping under the chair, and I know this is supposed. We're supposed to be talking about COVID, but I want to tell a story too. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, my mom used to push the shopping cart through the grocery store, Mm. and there was a. There's the cages in the shopping carts are different in America than they are in China, and there's a the whole place to sit down there right it's like a you know it looks like prison bars kind of <laughs> so I used to sit on that as my mom would go around the grocery store mm. because it everything seems like you're going way faster it's kind of like being on a ride
1: Well, you, you're backward right you're facing your mom sticking your legs out no facing
0: oh. fo- facing forward oh facing forward. forward okay so when she would push the grocery cart around the store mm. I would have the like an experience of being on kind of a ride
1: um I want to ask you guys sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, when you, when the go new ahead, policies ahead. came out it, it came out sort of uh, it felt like a, it was rather abrupt mm. were you guys surprised
2: yes yes very it seemed to have been a, mm. a knee-jerk response to a few protests it seemed like that what it was was actually a probably pre-planned mm. and I noticed there was a Zhongnan Shan report which came out on I think the 5th of December mm. which effectively said that Omicron is less dangerous than we, than we formerly believed it to be mm. it said that of the 150,000 people who had been sick in Guangzhou, 100 percent, or 99.99 percent of them had left hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was two cases that were um, that were serious, and one case that was severe, mm-hmm. but none had been taken into critical care. So at that stage, not one had died, mm-hmm. and only three people were still in in uh, in need of hospital care. And so, consequently, that happened on the fourth or fifth of December. We were able to buy medicines on the Wednesday, which was the following week, probably around the 10th or 12th, somewhere around there, we were able to buy medicines but we didn't get everything i wanted to get some ibuprofen mm. and they didn't have it mm. uh, so we we got some uh, chinese alternative and it was okay you know, we we didn't we weren't short of medicines for our needs uh, when 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 it did hit us and one thing i did notice was that everybody who was in this, and the, the pharmacy was quite busy that night mm. but everybody who's in the pharmacy was just buying their own needs. No one was hoarding. That was a good thing I, I saw, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something I've noticed about China. They generally don't hoard. You know, we've never had a toilet paper shortage. <laughs> that kind of thing mm. uh, and, I, and I still to this day I, I don't get that at all the toilet <laughs> paper shortage um, but Chinese people will go out and buy enough food for a few days when the lockdowns were happening they, that's what they were trying to do mm. get enough food for a few days because we didn't know how long a lockdown might last mm. in my case uh, we, we slowly filled up our freezer over a period of time as a just in case measure mm-hmm. and it turned out we didn't get locked down at all and mm-hmm. th- this myth of China being locked down for three years as a
1: call. I know. It's, <laughs> so
2: we were, yeah.
1: uh, what were they thinking, uh, you know, right? I,
2: I've, I, I've been to at least 40 cities during this lockdown and <laughs> five or six different provinces. I think, I've had a holiday in Hainan. I've, I've worked in Hunan. I've been everywhere during the lockdown. I,
1: I, I think the word lockdown itself has a severity to it. Uh, And people, when they hear it, they they think of like grits, right? Or bars. It's not like that. There are uh, more regulations. And I think the lockdown is more like, you know, to prevent cases from... Uh, abroad yeah. from international flights or other sources, mm. um, but did you guys follow?
2: Well, that's a quarantine, right. but the restrictions—restrictions is, restrictions is a better word. There was some; mm, um, there were restrictions exactly. in, in jongsan They lifted the restrictions where mm. they hadn't had restrictions mm. before. They lifted them. all through the three years. The only consistent restriction that we've had for the for the entire three years mm. was you must wear a mask. Mm.
0: You're listening to The Bridge. At the beginning, when COVID first emerged, it was actually quite deadly. Mm. And then several mutations later, when China used its whole process, people's consultative democracy, I think that's what it's called, to (laughs) open up. Whether it was pre planned or because of a handful of protesters, mm. by that time, the variants that were in China were considerably less lethal. Mm. And so the effect of those on the population, on a very well vaccinated population, was, I think, nominal. You know, we, like Jerry mentioned, and you mentioned this 60,000 people have officially died as of a few days ago, and we probably have not seen the mm. end of that. There's still going to mm. be more of that coming. And maybe even a lot more, but it's still nowhere near the rates, you know, the percentage of population that, say, the UK or the US were experiencing, you know, in 2021. Yeah,
2: There is a difference between um, that 60,000 in China mm-hmm. and the two, uh, 1.1 mm-hmm. million, nearly 1.2 million in the United States, is that the speed with mm-hmm. which it hits China, I mean, that 60,000 is all since the December the 7th reopening and that's a fairly fast uh, in in all honesty it might be a little bit like mm. uh, and and i don't want to sound flippant or disrespectful to the people who have gone but ripping the bandaid off is it seems like this is what they've mm-hmm. done they've mm. taken that pain they've taken the hit now i know a lot of people have right. lost grandparents mm. uh, it's mo- the average age apparently is in the is in the 80s is 82 i think of the people who have died mm. but that doesn't mean that, that there aren't 30 40 50 year olds dying too uh, uh, that's that's a, a thing that, that probably the 60,000 in such a short period of time. it actually only matches the Americans at the moment. The Americans are losing 3,000 a week. so 60,000 still now. side of a month. It, yeah Wow. Uh, at least last time I right. checked. I, I just want
1: to clarify that from what I saw the 60,000 was for patients with with COVID. In hospitals The number So this number Does not include
2: So, so this is not Dying no, off right. But
1: with COVID And also it does not Include people Who have died with COVID Outside hospitals right.
2: So at home And that
1: number Is by now It's, it's unknown And mm. that could be mm. uh, Bigger yeah. But I think by now We all understand uh, You know Most Chinese people Understand um, And they appreciate More What uh, Like how they were Protected for the yes. Previous three years When the variant Was much stronger yeah. a, We did very, not know that back valid. then. I point. did not know that.
2: You make that point that it's really valid.
1: Sorry, because from Chinese history, like old medical books, it, it's known in China that pandemics last for three years, like roughly. It has to go through a three year period and it gets better in the summertime, gets worse in the winter. It's like it's known for a very, very long time here in China. So most people have this knowledge. And I think uh, the the government also knows that. And that's why probably, you know, it's approximately three years. I think this whole thing, you know, restrictions and all that ended a little bit, a little, just a tad sooner than expected or than planned, because this is, I think from this whole thing, we can get a feel of how, of the interaction between the government and the people. And there is one city in China who became really well known during that period. And that is, uh, the city's name is Liu Zhou. Did you guys, have you guys heard of this city? No, oh, Sorry this is no okay so this is one of the cities that never had uh, never had mass testing Mm. and they never had a lot of cases and then people found out that because testing were done only in public hospitals so you go get a test Mm. and you pay for it when you feel like you're suspicious that you have a case or when you need to like have a a positive proof right a proof of you being negative
2: and did they have any cases this
1: whole three period they did not have anything uh massive maybe some people got sick they don't know they they had few um you know on public records from the hospital but in general they did not have mass testing because i know in the west people trust in uh the market and basically the market only right when people choose a private versus public, they will go with private because it's more efficient and services are better. We all know that. But here, the mentality in China is a little different. And I think from this one instant, instant we can get a feel of, um, you know, for other industries. And that is why, you know, for the key industries, for example, healthcare, education, there is a suspicion here um, of a lot of the Chinese people of leaving those in the hands of private entities, because everything will be turned into profit-driven, profit-driven deals. And who knows what would happen? I mean, this is one, just one example. Another uh, aspect I, was me- I mentioned is for quarantine and restrictions. So here, um, I've seen time and time again that when, let's say, when there is a policy from the central government, right, either, let's say, uh, relax the policy or tighten the, the policy, this, when it comes down to uh, lower level governments, th- they are not that specific, because each locality face different conditions. And the provinces, the cities, the counties uh, they they know that more about what's suitable for their localities. But then things can get pretty creative. you know the when when it comes to implementing those policies and flushing out the details, sometimes things go um a little bit crazy, right? As in some cases of uh, a quarantine. And then people just couldn't take it anymore, right? And in some cases, it probably became more like, you know, lockdowns. So that angered a lot of people. So that's another aspect about China in general, you know, how central policy, when it goes down to the local, um, things sometimes get a little out of hand. So I think these are two main themes that I see from this.
2: If there is a situation where you have a a case, Mm. for example, in, in Shanghai, this suburb of Shanghai has a few cases. So then they go to mass testing and they go to lockdowns at the same time, that the only time you come out of lockdown is for your mass testing. And what that means is you're then exposed. You're coming Mm. down the stairwell. You're going through the corridors. You're going into the car park. You're meeting Mm, your neighbors mm, for mm, the first mm, time mm. in a couple of days. (laughs) Baby has to leave her house. Yeah, baby has to leave her house. Uh, But what this does is this creates a situation where you have exposure to anybody who may have Mm. caught the infection. So if you've Mm. got the virus and you're going for mass testing, that's the place. And this was one of the big criticisms. We had a situation here in Jiangsu. It's only a small city, four million people. Now,
1: <laughs> by Chinese uh, standards, Brits
2: and Australians will say it's small. <laughs> it's four million people, yet yeah, small city in Ch- by Chinese. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and we had a case mm. came mm. from a neighbouring city. Into their home. Now, this is what happened. They 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 were with people who had COVID in the neighboring city. They came home not realizing the people that they were with had been confirmed had confirmed COVID. But the the confirmation came after they left. So, what happened? These people uh, went home. They had uh, they went into their apartment. They apparently they ordered a takeaway food or delivery food, and the next morning the local community said, "Yesterday you are in contact with people who've now been confirmed with COVID." So it's clear that you are Mm -hmm. first contacts. We're going to isolate you, test you. And then they mass-tested 4 million people the same day or next day. Wow. Now, wow. that was then, It was, because these people, they, and, and here's this here's the strange thing. They were 20 kilometres from me. We got mass, te- we're part of the mass test. Mm-hmm. They were 40 kilometres mm-hmm. from my wife's family who lives 20 kilometres in mm-hmm. the other direction. Mm-hmm. They were part of the mass testing. So we're talking about someone who went home, went to their apartment, ordered a delivery food, and the next day was confirmed as being a first contact, not even Mm. a case, but a first contact, and four million people mm. were tested. Three days later, the same four million people were tested again, and there was no lockdown. Uh, now, what would have been better? lockdown the entire city for three or four days whilst you establish, do they have COVID or don't they have COVID, or do those testing? Now, in terms of cost, obviously, the testing was much higher. In terms of convenience, the testing was much better. Mm. That's the thing. They didn't lock down the entire city, which is what they have done in some other places.
0: You're listening to The Bridge. I'd like to kind of pivot the show a little bit Mm. away from, you know, the COVID policy before and now after the hibernation period to our lives, you know, you, me, baby, your friends. (laughs) How has uh, the change in COVID optimization, I think that's what it's being called, affected your present and future plans? How has now that you can travel, now that you can go out at will and do whatever you want, whenever you without having to worry about becoming infected, how has your life changed? from now where it was like a couple months ago well
1: i feel like i will start to worry about having to travel again (laughs) (laughs) i'm so happy just sitting on my chair in my in my place um but uh i think yeah traveling will be back but i will i will take it i will suffer through (laughs) whatever (laughs) travels i have to do Visiting grandparents on both sides.
0: Oh, so I was going to ask you, what kind of travel, who's forcing you to travel, baby?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to see grandparents, right, on both sides. And I think, um, yeah, my my parents uh, and also the other set of grandparents and maybe a few cities Mm. that, you know, we have a daughter. I mean. The kids need to see the world. I've seen the world enough. Disneyland,
0: of it. Um, Disneyland, and Shanghai.
1: Maybe not. Maybe, maybe. Yes or no? I mean, the possibilities are endless. Uh, maybe even to go up, ab- go abroad. So, um, yeah, and uh, she will be very excited. I'll just suffer through them. <laughs>
0: Jerry, are you, are you staying there? Or are you going somewhere else for a Chinese New Year?
2: No, staying staying at home. My wife's family are in Zhongshan, so we'll, we'll spend uh, the the two or three days of the New Year there. She's leaving this afternoon, actually, to oh. head back and, <laughs> <laughs> in the annual cleaning mm. process. We we don't have a plan as such, but we have a couple of ideas. Somebody suggested they might sponsor us to uh, to travel through every city in the Greater Bay Area. Oh. Um, Guangdong Guangdong Television suggested that to us, and they would like to send a film crew with us, which might be interesting, but I'm going to have to lose a bit of weight before I get onto (laughs) a a bike with a film crew around. We haven't done much riding recently. And it, Jerry, if if you have
0: someone who is a you know a videographer, a director, a producer, someone with you who's also riding a bicycle, I presume, or they are they on a motorcycle or a bicycle? Well, we haven't done you this know?
2: yet, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. But
0: <laughs> I'm just wondering if they're on a bicycle, they could just also just film themselves because they're doing it too. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, yeah
2: and then we don't have to
0: bother.
1: It's probably safer in a car, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, they'd probably. You, they're just going to drive a BMW up behind you with a camera sticking out. There
2: was one. Account- Mm. where i was filmed uh I, I it was the beginning of the first long bike ride that we did and jongsan television followed me we went to Zhuhai to start because we wanted to start at the border with macau and travel to the border mm. of kazakhstan and um, because we were doing this for charity jongsan television got involved and they did send a car so in the car they had the reporter with the microphone The cameraman and a driver. So the driver was able to either stay behind us, go in front of us, ride alongside of us. And at one stage, the interviewer was conducting an interview out of the window as we're riding through the mountains of Wugui (laughs) San, which is anybody who knows this area is between San and Zhuhai, the mountains of Wugui San, mountain of Wugui San. And the host was pounding Uh. up a hill like this, and she's asking me (laughs) questions. I'll tell you later. (laughs) Uh, It's not easy to do. No matter how fit you are, those hills still cause you to puff and pant. So that was interesting. But yeah, I think probably Mm. they would come with a car rather than a bicycle.
0: So, I mean, that's exciting, right? Because now these options are available to you. Yeah, sure.
2: It is exciting.
1: What about you, Jason?
0: Well, I mean, I I was going to say that I'm going back to my wife's hometown, but I think I have a better story than that. My plan has been for Mm -hmm. since 2019, the end of 2019, my wife and I got back from Boracay in the Philippines. And our plan at that time was 2020 was going to be the year that we went to every province in China. Yeah. You could have done that. By high speed train. But, you know, it was difficult to travel during these last three. It wasn't impossible. I know people who were traveling around. Mm -hmm. But for me, I don't want to have to get a test, arrive somewhere, Mm -hmm. get a test. and And maybe I get locked down and then I can't go back home or something so we have just postponed it and now it's it's available and i've talked to my coworkers and, and leaders and it's something i'm going to start doing probably from next month wow so from next month i'm going to travel to two, two or three provinces a month until by the end of the year i will have travel to every province and territory including you know xinjiang and tibet uh to to go to every part of china for work or but for because, your you know own something time. i want to do i've I, wow. I always wanted to see all of china uh it's going to be for my own time i think one or two trips i might get sponsorship for my work, but the rest of it you're on your own. is going to be just my 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 dime because I want to. I want to see everywhere.
1: <laughs> I I can see you.
0: I'm expecting you in Zhongshan. Yeah. Now. All right. Well, I'll I'll be there, Jerry. I'll see you. Wow. Jerry. Sounds well. Exciting. Maybe. Wait. wait, wait how, what major city? I mean, you're in a city of four million people. Is there a major city nearby? This is a major Jerry? city. What are you talking about? I
1: know. Like, what's the next Jason, la- larger offending. city
2: <laughs> close by, Jerry?
1: You're funding What's the, what's yeah. the next? <laughs> <laughs> you realise that Jung
2: San is the birthplace of Dr Sun Yat-sen, come on oh um, yeah
0: well my wife is my wife's from a town of seven million people we think uh, of it as going to the countryside oh dear. <laughs> oh, from Beijing I understand <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, we're, we're 60 70 kilometers from Guangzhou mm, mm, okay yeah we can do that well if,
0: if it's the birthplace of sun yat-sen I'm sure there's a great video I can make for my YouTube account <laughs>
2: do, do you well, do you have if a if you're going to film it formally mm-hmm. you need permission if you're just going there to to I mean, if you're going to film it as uh, a, a an official entity then you will need permission you, you can get that, but you have to have written approval... Oh. Uh, and they won't let you film without that. But if you're just a tourist going through there and you're doing some vlogging, I'm sure there's no no major deal about that.
0: When I went to Taipei, I went to the Sun Yat-sen Museum also. Hmm. They have a, a very extensive one there. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge statue of Sun Yat-sen. I've got myself
2: leaned up against him. He's on a giant like bronze chair. Yeah, We, we have a very large statue here too. And his home, his birthplace is a museum. So
1: Jason, for your uh, across-the-country trips... Do you have a budget for the whole thing or are you just going to? No,
2: no, no.
0: We, we're not planning. My wife will make us tape the cheapest trains so we're not going to be riding first class. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll be riding in, you know, like the people's class or whatever it's called, second class. Mm. And uh, maybe we'll take a couple slow trains and probably stay at some three star hotels or two star hotels. Mm. We're not
2: going to. Yeah,
0: we're not. We're not going to go like on the high horse all across China, like staying at five star hotels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mostly we'll just be sleeping at the hotels and then trying to see as much of the city as we can and like two or three days at a time wow excellent idea mm, Yeah,
1: sounds exciting just, just
0: smash it smash it out I did think about out. doing yeah. that on a bike maybe we here, get some sleeper trains ago, but
2: I think now I'm probably decided I'm not going to do that on a bike
0: you've probably been to most of the provinces of China already yes, haven't I you have. Jerry yes yeah yeah, yeah 20, have you missed any 22
2: provinces 23 when you include uh, Taiwan mm. there are four special, uh, four um, autonomous regions and two SARs for municipalities I've been Mm -hmm. to all but four of the provinces, uh, one municipality I haven't been to, And I haven't yet been to Taiwan. So uh, that's five of the provinces I haven't been to. What
0: do you mean municipality? You mean like
2: Uh, Beijing, Beijing, Shanghai, Tianjin and Chongjin. I haven't been to Tianjin. My
0: wife thinks it's beautiful
2: in Tianjin. Mm.
1: I should should feel ashamed being like the Chinese (laughs) (laughs) among the three. I mean, I've been to... (laughs) I will just be waiting for your exciting documentaries or videos. And uh and, and travel with you guys virtually. um That will be very satisfying.
2: Well, don't don't wait for my videos because I'm I'm no video maker, <laughs> <laughs> as as my YouTube channel will attest. I'm not much of a video oh, maker. Apparently,
0: uh, lots of other people will be making videos for and of you, Jerry.
2: That's true. Yeah, we mm. had a, an interesting one from CGTN Europe uh, just a few a couple of months ago. They were celebrating in July last year the 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 50th anniversary of diplomatic and trade relations with UK and China. Mm. And they made a video called Bridge Builders. And myself and my wife were very honoured to be selected as one of the bridge builders for that event. Uh, and it was it was nice because partly because of the charity work that we've done it had nothing to do with the cycling but of course the cycling is part of it mm-hmm. and my wife's got an even bigger story she walked to beijing
1: <laughs> for the charity what a character <laughs>
2: Yeah, she's. Wow.
0: I walk to Beijing every day, but I start in Beijing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she she started
2: in Zhangsheng. Oh, it took four oh,
0: yeah. and a half months. Wow, <laughs> you, I remember this story wow. from last time. So, Bebe, I know your husband likes yes. to drive out into the desert when bring you with him to
1: get away from me. <laughs> oh, to get away! I thought you guys went yeah. together. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no way. So you no been, way. you
0: don't you don't go to the desert with your husband.
2: The desert is beautiful.
1: Why would I do that? I don't know. So he has. <laughs> I. I (laughs) don't no no i yeah i like to see you know documentaries or just videos of it for me you know I, i don't have to be personally be there um yeah we have very different interests i like staying home you know sitting with my books yeah you're listening to the bridge
0: Last question. We've uh, since January 8th, incoming traffic and outgoing traffic traffic has been coming normalized and people can just fly into China as far as I understand. Mm. So what are your plans in terms of future international travel? Baby, you've been quite a few places outside of China. Do you have any plans to go abroad? I would
1: like to take my daughter. We would like to take our daughter to somewhere close, maybe Japan, Korea, because we haven't traveled past. Even when she was like really little, we would take her, you know, on faraway trips. Um so it's it's time that we resume that. But there's also, you know, the possibility that we travel to different cities here in China. You know how um, in in Japan and Korea, I think they have restrictions for Chinese passengers Mm -hmm. going into their country? Yeah. Oh,
0: I heard about some of the (laughs)
2: terrible things.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely awful. I've got a friend who's in Japan at the moment, and uh, I contacted them and said, what was the situation there? They said, no problem at all. We've been made extremely welcome. It's been no issues. So nice. I think think the issue is having a test. Mm. and. I think Japan is one of the countries that gives you a test on arrival, but it's basically a, a it's an RAT test. So it's a 15-20 minute process. I don't think you need to worry too much about it. And, and I was concerned whether there would be any uh, racial tension mm. between. And she said, no, no th- this is a family, uh, mother, father and a 15-year-old daughter and um, good friends of ours that run a restaurant here. and mm. uh, they, They're really, really enjoying it. So they'll be back actually today or tomorrow. Nice. Uh, but they've really enjoyed their time. They've made most welcome in Japan. So I wouldn't worry too much about that.
0: Very little time. Jerry, do you have any international is, travel plans?
2: Is Hainan considered
1: international? No. <laughs> oh, please, No. no. <laughs> Oh, no. that's it's definitely very
0: much China. Oh gosh! But I mean, it's a beautiful place to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. It's very far. Um, we, I,
2: I do. Ha- I do have a. It's not very far from here. Mm. Um, it's an, It's literally only an hour's flight from Zhuhai, and I do wow. plan to visit there. And we uh, we have a plan to go to Yunnan fairly soon because Ooh. that's one of the four provinces mm. I haven't yet ticked off. Mm-hmm. Wow! Uh, so this year, I, I'm like you. I might make this year the year that I finally tick off. The, the, the last four mainland provinces, I don't think I'll get to Taiwan this year. Though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do plan to travel, but mostly inside of China. Mm-hmm. Uh, if When things become a little more flexible, because it's quite expensive for international travel right mm. now. Uh, particularly with Chinese New Year. When things get a little more flexible, I might try and encourage my daughter. And by encourage, I mean pay for (laughs) uh, my daughter to come out and and visit me Mm. because I haven't seen her for nearly four years, Mm. and that would be nice. Um, Yeah, I think that rather than going overseas, I'd much rather stay here and just see – the parts of China that I haven't yet seen. I'd like
0: to, I, I'm not going to talk about-
1: And boost domestic consumption. I'm not going to talk about my international <laughs> yes.
0: travel plans because they, they don't exist. But I do want to talk about um, <laughs> mm. inbound travel very, very fast. I have a lot of friends who live in the San Litoon area and they have noticed a lot of new faces coming around. School jobs are starting to fill up here in Beijing. So there does seem to be uh-huh. quite of, I, don't, I wouldn't say inbound tourism necessarily, but mm. inbound travel for work. So there, there's mm. a, a return turning to normalcy for the, you know, foreigners working in China. The amount of foreigners is starting to return to some kind of normalcy. It's,
1: so you're saying it's going to get competitive soon. Yeah,
0: it's going to get competitive in the English speaking, like English teacher zone. I'm mm.
1: not... And also, I before we wrap up, can I just have two minutes to say something? Well, I think it's it's personal. Sure. Just in the final two minutes, I just want to make a personal point I want to say about the pandemic, because I feel like in the future, we might not be returning to this topic <laughs> Yeah. as much there will be a lot of other interesting things uh, to talk about now this is my personal personal uh, opinion that from what we've seen in the past three years don't mess with china <laughs> now the why do i say that is because it's proven um to be very uh, like the chinese way of uh, you know containing fighting the pandemic has proven to be very effective. Now, by comparison, we now know that in the past three years, things really worked. And now, of course, some people are going to say that, oh, it's because the government controls everything, da 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 da. Now, it's not going to be that simple. I think, for one thing that a lot of um, um, people, uh, especially in the West, don't get is that you cannot control 1.4 billion people by force. That is just not going to work, okay? And a lot of people think so. The way, the reason, the main reason why it has been working well is because, you know, the government and the people work together. They're willing to work together when there are difficulties, when there are obstacles to be, uh, you know, to be conquered. Um, and only because this uh, cooperation, right, between the people and the government Can you combat something as serious as like the pandemic? So, you know, this is just a personal message that how seeing how effective and it works that for any forces that think of uh, messing things up, maybe just, you know, think twice because the people are willing to work together and are willing to and have the strength and the flexibility and also uh, smart ways of dealing with challenges. Now, this might seem like, um, you know, a serious message, but still, as I emphasize, this is my just personal point. Can I
0: add something to that really fast? Just to kind of uh, agree with you, the Eidelman Trust Barometer just came out for 2023, comes out every January, Mm. and it shows that 89% of Chinese people trust their government. It also shows that 79% of people Mm. trust the Chinese media. So, I mean, I think you're right. It's not about force. It's about Mm. there being communication between the people and... And the people who are in a leadership positions, Jerry, do you have any last thoughts before we, right. Cooperation. Before we uh, close the show?
2: Yeah, just I'll I'll, I'll add <laughs> to what uh, Bebe and yourself just said. The Edelman Trust Barometer is interesting because it was 91% mm. last year and it's 89%. So COVID has caused a little bit of damage there. <laughs> but still, it's uh, yeah. mm. 89%. Pff, it's not bad, is it? Right. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I wrote an article some time ago which said mm-hmm. masks didn't beat COVID, culture did. And it is very much that collective communal culture of Chinese people who have a way of helping each other. Exactly. Uh, rather than helping themselves. Help the com- what you know, the Chinese exactly. people say and how I think- can I help my community in doing this? And that and that extends through almost every aspect of China's society, which is another topic for a much bigger discussion later on. But the fact is China's culture is collective, it's communal, and it is societal. It's a culture that helps itself. <laughs> okay to uh, individuals help the help the community and the community helps the individuals that's how it works
0: thank you for joining the show jerry thank you so much for joining our show again (laughs) jerry thank you baby for for your time
1: thank you guys bye
2: thank you baby (laughs) bye-bye